The best in Bitcoin made audible. You're listening to Bitcoin Audible with Guy Swan. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Bitcoin Audible. I am Guy Swan, your host, the guy who has read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know, and that's what we're gonna we're gonna read about Bitcoin again. And this one is actually a little bit older now. It's by Hass McCook. Um, it's actually right at the end of 2019, so I've been sitting on this one for a bit. Um, but you know me, I love fun analogies. Um, particularly in seeing, like, trying to look at the time scale of Bitcoin and, of course, trying to make sense of what this Bitcoin thing is. And he has a great one, uh, Bitcoin as a startup. And the easiest way to invest in that startup is with a auto DCA savings plan at swanbitcoin.com guy. <laughs> But I know everybody's already got their set up, so we're good there. Everybody's got their savings plan in order. Stacking sats every day. So let's go ahead and just jump right into this piece, again by Hass McCook, Bitcoin as a Startup. People hate Bitcoin analogies. But Bitcoin is so hard to understand for so many, concessions need to be made. VCs are a group of people demonized in the Bitcoin industry for not understanding Bitcoin's value proposition. Well, how do you expect a VC to value Bitcoin if they're only used to valuing startups? Here is a framework that will hopefully help. It tracks the development and evolution of the Bitcoin ecosystem in discrete fundraising rounds, which coincide with Bitcoin's reward eras. An organization is defined as Quote, an organized group of people with a particular purpose. If that's the case, then Bitcoin is a well-oiled unorganization with founders but no CEOs, many volunteers but no employees, and provably non-diluting equity available to anyone who is willing to trade their energy for it. I will be borrowing heavily from Nathan Reef's piece series ABC Funding, How It Works. Pre-seed round. First reward era. From January 3rd, 2009 to November 28th, 2012. Quote, The earliest stage of funding new companies comes so early in the process that it is not generally included among rounds of funding at all. Known as pre-seed funding, this stage typically refers to the period in which a company's founders are first getting their operations off the ground. The most common pre-seed funders are the founders themselves, as well as close friends, supporters, and family. Reef, 2019. The, quote, Bitcoin company was founded by Satoshi Nakamoto, with its single product offering being an open-source monetary system project, known as Bitcoin. 2.1 quadrillion shares were to be issued on a predetermined schedule, and anyone was free to buy or sell these shares. The founders initially held no initial equity, but equity was easy to build in those days, and rightly so. Just like any startup, it is the founding team and initial bootstrappers who should get the biggest rewards 
down the line for putting the most skin in the game. Due to the nature of Bitcoin's incentive mechanisms, many early equity holders were encouraged to use their time, skills, and money to evangelize or develop the product, and hence increase the value of their equity. The company manages itself in a zero-overhead environment. During the first stage of the company's life, traditionally the first bugs appeared and were ironed out, and this was an iterative process for many months. After proving to be robust and reliable, a market developed, and the first exchanges started to emerge. User experience, both from a software point of view and a financial point of view, were a disaster. Bitcoin was virtually unusable without a PhD in computer science, and when you could use it, you would be robbed by an exchange that had been, quote, hacked. Volatility was extreme, and the risk was unpalatable for the majority of onlookers. Whether or not the Bitcoin company would remain in business was still a very dubious proposition. This era, the early equity holders were blessed with a parabolic bubble, and many divested some equity to give themselves runway to work on Bitcoin full-time. It's just like a fundraise. Get a big cash injection and then burn it relentlessly until the next funding round. Coincidentally, each round has exhibited at least one of these massive injections and equally massive drawn-out drawdowns. During this era, miners were rewarded with USD, $13.5 million in total block rewards and transaction fees. Assuming that on average, cost to mine a Bitcoin is equal to the market price, we can consider the mining reward to be miners buying Bitcoin at spot. Therefore, we can take the money in for the rounds to be the cumulative miner's revenue. Money in is never consistent, and even a small injection is enough to make the price fly and form a bubble. With all the above said, fortune favors the bold, and Bitcoin entered its seed round at a $1 billion pre-money valuation, i.e. Bitcoin's market cap was a $1 billion at the end of the first reward era. Seed Round Second Reward Era From November 28, 2012 to July 9, 2016 Quote You can think of the seed funding as part of an analogy for planting a tree. This early financial support is ideally the seed which will help to grow the business. Given enough revenue and a successful business strategy, as well as the perseverance and dedication of investors, the company will hopefully eventually grow into a tree. Reef, 2019. Risk of short-term ecosystem death did not substantially decrease until the end of the second reward era. You could say that the risk profile dropped from extreme to very high. In terms of PR and optics, this was arguably the worst and most dubious round of Bitcoin's existence. In the face of these FUD-inspiring superficial problems, Bitcoin did what it does best. Got on with it. This era saw the first Bitcoin bubble to be featured in mainstream media in some way, shape, or form. Going from catastrophe to catastrophe, from the numerous exchange hacks, scams, asset seizures, 51% attacks, ghash.io, and China bans, those who invested in the mania of 2013 would not break even until the third reward era. 
inflation made things worse, with the market having to absorb the 5.25 million Bitcoin being produced during the era. However, those who divested during the mania provided themselves with many years of runway to give back to Bitcoin and make their equity more valuable. In this era, we started to see the emergence of user-friendly plug-and-play hardware wallets. The age of ASIC mining was in full swing, with minor fabrication done at a huge scale. The gamblers had a field day, with the majority of fiat on-ramps providing toys for the traders, but not for the savers. For better or worse, though, this added much-needed liquidity and means for price discovery. That said, liquidity was quite low, and for the first half of the era, when the exchanges were just so sketchy, you couldn't really even trust what the advertised market price was. The first VCs entered the game, some investing in Bitcoin companies and others, like Tim Draper, investing directly in the underlying. Miners were not put off by the prolonged bear market, with the network hash rate growing by orders of magnitude, mostly due to competition-driven innovation among ASIC fabricators. In the second reward era, miners earned a total of 600 million U.S. dollars for their efforts. This 600 million U.S. dollar investment resulted in an $11 billion post-money valuation at the end of the round. Despite failing to reclaim the heights of 2013, Bitcoin closed this round on the upswing, one that wouldn't end for another year and a half. Series A. Optimize. Third Reward Era, from July 9th, 2016 to May 11th, 2020. Quote, Once a business has developed a track record, an established user base, consistent revenue figures, or some other key performance indicator, that company may opt for Series A funding in order to further optimize its user base and product offerings. Reef 2019. With traditional startups, their Series A round is used to fund the optimization of the offering and to lay a solid platform to build further during the next round. Several experts and industry stakeholders were split on how to best optimize Bitcoin to increase transaction throughput. The establishment took the view that achieving this through an increase in block size was the answer. The people took the view that this was a slippery slope and that scaling be achieved with protocol optimizations, i.e. segregated witness. The people were victorious, which was a huge positive indicator that centralizing Bitcoin would be a Sisyphean task. As a result, and in combination with a supply halving, the money flowed in, and Bitcoin achieved a valuation in the hundreds of billions at its all-time high. The third era also featured the Scambrian Explosion, with thousands of cryptocurrencies being spawned, sending Bitcoin's dominance of the cryptocurrency to a paltry 35% at one point in time. While most of these altcoins now having lost over 95% of their value, hundreds have lost greater than 99% of their value, the only result was the wasting of hundreds of thousands of hours of development time and hundreds of millions of dollars, which should have been directed at Bitcoin. The fact that Bitcoin now accounts for 75% of the cryptocurrency market and rising is a testament to why people should have just stuck to Bitcoin.
The huge influx of money in this era allowed early equity holders to further divest to focus on development. And my oh my, was there a lot of development. In terms of scalability, the Lightning Network successfully came out of beta and is being extensively used. Privacy and coin joining solutions emerged and became easier to use. There are literal satellites in space broadcasting the network. The rise of the Run Your Own Node movement gathered serious momentum and was bolstered by a host of companies offering plug-and-play nodes. With your own node, you can also be your own payments provider through BTC Pay Server. Multi-signature security has never been easier. This paragraph could go on for pages, so if you want a full technical recap just of 2019, the Bitcoin Optech newsletter will give you everything you need to know. At the time of writing, ERA Minor Revenue is 4.6 billion US dollars, and the valuation has risen from 11 billion to over 125 billion. Despite all the progress made, Bitcoin is still a high to very high risk investment at this stage, as the market price can still move in excess of 30% in either direction in one week, regularly. This will ultimately remain the case until both the liquidity pool grows and the mining reward, inflation, shrinks. Series B. Build. The Fourth Reward Era. From May 11, 2020 to April 2024. Quote, Series B rounds are all about taking businesses to the next level, past the development stage. Investors help startups get there by expanding market reach. Companies that have gone through seed and Series A funding rounds have already developed substantial user bases and have proven to investors that they are prepared for success on a larger scale. Series B funding is used to grow the company so that it can meet these levels of demand. End quote. With the necessary protocol upgrades happening during Series A and early in Series B, the focus will shift to the building of products and services on top of the slowly ossifying Bitcoin base layer. This era will see the replacement of the old guard by a newer generation of more business-savvy Bitcoin entrepreneurs and through merger and acquisition activity. There will also be a lot of vertical and horizontal integration, as companies aim to achieve a full stack. One example of all this is Layer 1 mining, in what is effectively an electricity utility that also mines, and designs and fabricates ASIC miners. It is impossible to predict what's specifically going to happen during this four-year era, let alone in the first year of it, but if the past 18 months are anything to go by, security, privacy, and most importantly going forward, user interface and user experience will improve dramatically. I'd expect that running a full sovereignty stack, your own VPN, Node, Electrum and BTC Pay servers, multi-sig setup, etc., will be easy enough for almost anyone to do at the end of the era. Effectively, Bitcoin's infrastructure will be developed enough to handle some proper scale. What will be the most interesting thing to see will be the technological, economic, and political developments during this era. In this regard, everything is good for Bitcoin. Internet access, computers and smartphones become cheaper and more accessible. This is good for Bitcoin. Never-ending quantitative easing and negative interest rates. This is good for Bitcoin. 
increased political turmoil, censorship, or surveillance. This is good for Bitcoin. Should Bitcoin stay in business, risk level at this point would be medium to high, and you could expect to be exposed to weekly swings of plus or minus 15%, but maybe not as regularly as in Series A. When looked at in conjunction with some economic models like the stock-to-flow model, there is little reason to think a 10x growth in market cap would not be seen in this series, as per the three series preceding it. This would mean a series-end market cap of about $1 trillion US dollars, or about $50,000 per Bitcoin. Chances are that the all-time high price achieved during this series will be dramatically higher than the end price, as this is the main driver of the investment-to-utility loop. Series C. Scale. The Fifth Reward Era, from April 2024 to March 2028. Quote, Businesses that make it to Series C funding sessions are already quite successful. Series C funding is focused on scaling the company, growing as quickly and as successfully as possible. End quote. Reef, 2019. Inflation is finally starting to drop, with only about 650,000 Bitcoin needing to be absorbed by the market over the four-year period. The inflation rate is now lower than that of gold. Scarcity is becoming a more dominant element of Bitcoin's value proposition. With basically all the infrastructure largely built, and user interface and user experience continuing to improve, this era is the era of the evangelist. Bitcoin is ready for prime time. Somebody just has to go out and tell everybody. This series fundraising round made all the right people very wealthy, if they weren't already wealthy from the Series B raise. And these people will begin to use their influence, i.e. money, to promote Bitcoin and increase the saver base, i.e. the number of people who buy Bitcoin on a weekly basis or earn their living in Bitcoin. At this stage, to maintain a $500,000 US price, about 10 million people are each saving $150 per week in Bitcoin. This represents 0.2% of the world's adult population. Considering the level of utility and the seamlessness of the user interface and experience in the late stages of this series, only 10 million active savers may even feel like a failure of sorts. From here, it is simply an exercise of marketing. IPO, the sixth reward era, March 2028 to February 2032, and beyond. At this point, if Bitcoin is still alive, it is effectively unkillable. Major banks have now made big acquisitions and are offering Bitcoin services to their customers. Most power utilities have skin in the Bitcoin game. People won't know they're using Bitcoin and we'll probably have four or even five layers on top of Bitcoin now. On-chain base layer transactions are reserved for high-value transactions. All people adopting Bitcoin going forward won't be onboarded via the base layer. The Bitcoin ETF has finally been approved after an 18-year effort. Price per coin is in the millions, and fairly stable, to the downside at least. Number still go up 
just as designed. It's improper to say that it is zero risk in 2032, but the risk is extremely low. That said, if it gets to a seventh era, I'd be comfortable enough to say that Bitcoin may become the first ever truly risk-free asset, with inflation rapidly approaching zero. I'll be 50 years old by the end of Era 7, so I'm literally betting my career that this will be the case. Talk about skin in the game. I am right there with you, Hass. <laughs> I'm... Putting everything into, what are we at, Series B now? Yeah, just just moved into Series B. And this was actually written, I, I did change a little bit uh, there, just because uh, during the third, uh, it said this was the current era, and I just left that out, um, because it is no longer the case. It was when this was written, but we are officially in to the Series B round, where we are building and scaling. And I have to agree that... It, not only from this analogy, but just kind of looking at this space and what the potential is in the next couple of years and with things I'm not sure if anybody saw, but Jack Mallers basically just said on Twitter today that Strike is uh, right about to be released and I am so excited about that. I think you guys really, really, really need to watch that and and if you're not following Jack Mallers, holy crap, you, you're failing. Um, because this is going to be this is going to be a big deal. I really think so. Um, so uh, that is definitely something to keep an eye on. And in the Series B, in this round, in this era coming up, this is the time to plant your footprint to to put a position in this ecosystem and be there during that run up to catch that. That's why that's why I think Swan Bitcoin is in such an amazing position because we're also in the the um, uh, transition to, uh, I think, the savings era, the, the era where people start responsibly saving and, and really positioning in Bitcoin and seeing it less as a speculative asset in the short-term sense and more of a long-term investment, one where you put 1% or 2% of your uh, retirement accounts and stuff into Bitcoin as, as a hedge against global inflation, against, you know, he says during this era that everything's good for Bitcoin, uh, Fed, uh, censorship, like, you know, all this stuff. And, and I, I think he's right. Like, this is kind of the crazy, so many other things are coming to head at the same time. Um, and uh, that's why we'll, we'll take a break here. Well, just, just to caveat this, that now I'm going to be talking about Swan Bitcoin because I think they are such an awesome tool for this. And I, I wouldn't be promoting this on the show if I didn't think so, that uh, they're going to be incredibly well positioned, but you should be setting up your Bitcoin savings plan. Uh, like he says, you know, the, the potential here is to move into hundreds of thousands of dollars and eventually millions of dollars of Bitcoin with, you know, that, that example of, you know, there's only going to be, uh, what, 600,000 in the uh, fifth reward era, and it will only take to maintain a price of $500,000 a coin is 10 million people across the world saving a roughly $150 a week. Like, if Bitcoin lasts for another eight years, how, how reliable will it appear? Like, how, how, how will that look like? Like, think eight years ago. Look what happened in the previous eight years. This thing's only 11 years old. We're literally talking about a span that has gotten us from the pre-seed round to the Series B. 
So it's hard to not stress that how important it could be to have a stable recurring purchase of Bitcoin. Auto buy, auto withdrawal, auto stack your sats uh, and do it with Swan Bitcoin because they're the, they're the cheapest and the, the least hassle. You set it up and it's just done and it withdraws to your own keys. You don't have to do about it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to think about it. I, I, I do. I haven't touched it. I haven't touched it for weeks, a month. I don't even remember when I set it up, but I've just been stacking this whole time and it reaches a limit and it uh, goes to my multi-sig wallet and I can check it if I want, but I don't have to. It's done. I did it. It works and it'll keep going indefinitely. That's how you should do it. Swanbitcoin.com slash guy. And they'll also know that I sent you. So that's my, that's my pitch. And, you know, disclaimer, they are supporting the show, but I'm a huge supporter of those guys regardless. So there's that. But uh, shout out to Hass McCook. Uh, this is a wonderful uh, way to picture um, the, the kind of course of events here, um, particularly when... Uh, and it's also just kind of fun to see it, like looking back on it, particularly like like having been in the seed round and series A, you know, like like seeing these uh, things unfold. In fact, I guess I was I was still part of the pre-seed round, you know, like but just the absolute insanity of some of the stuff. And you're, you're right. He's right. You know, like like this is when these the the products, this network was so impossible to use. And it was just there, there was a whole that 2013 is just epic to think about it now in, in hindsight is that I got used to such insane volatility and such an incredible string of bad news one after the other. I mean, he doesn't it is not an exaggeration whatsoever when he says the line that it was just going from catastrophe to catastrophe because that's what it was. And that's why. Like when I look at it now, all I can think is like, Bitcoin's doing great. They has no problems um, <laughs> because just oh, holy crap. Some of the things that it has survived during those early rounds, Bitcoin did not grow up in a comfortable environment, a safe, you know, cushy, like put styrofoam on the corners of things environment. It grew up in the freaking wilderness. And it fought tooth and nail to make it to where it is today. And so many people uh, paid the price um, to, to, to ride that and help coax it into this era um, and, and use and flesh out all the bugs and the, the losing of the keys with those, the old software and the old uh, the clients and, and the wallets and the companies and the, the, the shitty businesses and the scams, like we had to navigate all of this, you know, and it, but, but it got us here and the, the level of sophistication, the level of like, like real entrepreneurship, the level of, uh, knowledge that is available now, the level of media and, uh, uh marketing and, and exposure to this thing is unbelievable. If you look just a handful of years ago, three years ago, four years ago, it's almost unrecognizable. This has truly been an astounding era. And this bear market, if you look, if, if you actually go back and, and look at the uh, percentage differences, this has been the most subdued of all bear markets. 
um, without a doubt. And we've already on like the, I think both on the 200 period and the 50 period, we're at all time highs. Um, if you average out the price on, on the daily, like we're past because that run up was such a crazy peak, you know, uh, we're, we're past that. We're, we're into fresh territory when talking about stable long-term price and that's 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 not even accounting for the fact that we have more coins so so that's not taking into account the fact that we have a, a higher amount of um we have a higher stock basically to to split that that uh 50 day or uh, 200 period uh, moving average over and i can't i can't remember exactly when we broke that but that was that was some change ago but thinking about it with this analogy um I really think this is just kind of a, uh, this is a really fascinating way to look at its history and to look at its future um, and to see what the focus might be. And like a good example, just because I mentioned Jack Mallers and Strike you know, moments ago, um, uh, that's such a great example that this is the build phase. This is the, this is the era where we will start to integrate and the user experience and the user interface for these technologies and the integration with Lightning, with on-chain, with multi-sig, it is truly happening. I'm not sure if anybody has used Caravan, which is Unchained Capital's uh, open source multi-sig thing. Uh, uh, in fact, I'm, I've got a little video on it that I'm going to be publishing soon. Uh, when I get around to editing it, I, I might try to take the opportunity this weekend because I've got a couple other videos to kind of hit at. Uh, but it's so easy. Uh, Casa multi-sig is incredibly easy uh, and they have variations like I think Casa has uh, like because you have to go through your email to do the signing it's really quick and it's like one two three like it walks you through it really well uh, but then it's interesting to see kind of the different approaches because Caravan does it a little bit differently within uh, just straight in the browser and the interaction with the apps is improving um, like with the Kobo vault, uh, that I just, uh, started playing around with, you sync with your QR code. I think like with LNURL and LSAT, you're going to start seeing the ability to log in to establish your, uh, your account with your public key, um, so that you're not giving out information that security could increase substantially during this era and that we're going to start air gapping everything. We're going to start communicating with everything with QR codes. Um, and that's also going to make the user experience so much simpler that you just, you just kind of mix things with QR codes and you go back and forth, whether you're connecting to a node, whether you're sending Bitcoin, whether you're sending lightning, whether you're receiving Bitcoin or lightning, like all of these things are, are slowly going to just vanish into the background and you're just going to see QR codes and it's just going to work. Um, and Jack Mallers is another uh, strike is another great example of that is that when you are scanning from that app, uh, whether or not you're sending it to another strike user, um, and I just talked about this like two episodes ago, but I, I just want to mention it again because it's so freaking awesome. And I think this is the future of the user experience for Bitcoin is that whether or not you're scanning a lightning invoice, whether or not you're scanning a you know a public key or you're scanning a uh, an actual invoice or an address on chain for Bitcoin or you're you know, doing a loop or you're scanning a QR code for some other strike user, the, the user will not have a clue and it won't matter. 
is that your service, your payment service, whatever it is, and they'll be using dollars in Strike. That's, that's another amazing thing about this is that you have dollars in your account and they are using Bitcoin and Lightning as the payment, payment rail, as the settlement layer for dollars between Strike users and dollars between uh, those users and the businesses and services that they want to take advantage of and can do so with micropayments because they can use, because they take advantage of Lightning. This is exactly what we mean. This, this is exactly what the term means to have the internet of money, to have an independent global payment rails and settlement network that work together, that work in conjunction, where Strike may be settling tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of payments, and doing so simply by balancing a thousand times, you know, a bunch of channels with all of the major businesses and other services out in the space. Like, this is scaling. This is what it means to have potentially exponential and uh, exponential scaling with incremental improvements. So as new improvements come to Lightning, they can update their back end and, you know, start doing multi-path payments, start taking advantage of splicing in and splicing out, start batching their opening and closing of channels. Uh, then you get Schnorr, like you, you start to add these things and you get 10% improvements, 20% improvements, 50% improvements, and these things stack on top of each other and all of the headache, all of the little frustrations, all of the error codes just start to go away. And the back-end software takes advantage of the four or five protocols that are available, and the user just uses it, and it works. It's like a Visa card. It's like, it's like a cash app, whatever it is, except that it all speaks the same monetary language. And the capacity, the, the, the potential for a technology like that is unheard of. And to think that this is also, that the foundation of it is a sound monetary system is that it is, it is the most secure and scarce, uh, most scarce monetary asset in the world digitally in a, in a world where everybody is fighting currency wars, where we have negative interest rates to see the technology and user experience actually come to head at the exact same time where it's just might be critical for some people in some countries just to save themselves, to save their capital, invest in an actual hard asset. That Bitcoin is meeting, this is still coming to head all at the same time, is just insane. And I can't believe how lucky I was just to see it. You know, like even for the pain and the losses and everything during these early eras, to see it go from that period where it was just absolute catastrophe to catastrophe to catastrophe and that horrid, horrid bear market that seemed to never end um, and just kept getting worse and worse where the one, the, the largest avenue for liquidity, like Mt. Gox, I'm not sure for anybody who knows, and uh, I'm, I tend, intend to do an episode just about Mt. Gox. There's a couple of uh, pieces actually that I could read um, to start into the discussion on this, but Mt. Gox was like 90% of the liquidity. Like, like almost all of the Bitcoin volume, exchange volume, was on that platform. And that platform imploded in the most glorious and incredible way that one could have imploded. And there was almost no one left untouched by it. Like, it was, 
there were so many people that were it that was the death of bitcoin if if there was ever a real death of bitcoin that was it um it was one of the most painful things to experience and see um and i know so many people were hurt i mean i can't even remember what was the percentage of the actual bitcoins that were were even there like in exchanges it was just it was incredible it just was but to have but for the system to be so anti-fragile for for it to be so resilient and able to not only able to heal but able to come back stronger than it had been and for the market to mature and to begin to know you know th- these these levels of risk the the and then in the wake of so many other problems and um uh, you know battles that happened in the future like as we got into the new eras and saw um you know the big block debate and the block size wars and everything it just just what a just what a fascinating thing and I don't know. I always just kind of get excited just thinking about all the insanity that has got us here. I feel like I've lived like half of American history in like in like an unbelievably accelerated pace in this crazy digital ecosystem that is Bitcoin. And 2020 is turning out to be a hell of a chaotic year uh, to tack on to all of this. And Bitcoin just keeps producing blocks, man. TikTok next block, it just keeps on chugging along. This is why I just, I just giggle when somebody's like, oh, the reward got cut in half. But minor death spiral. I'm like, bitch, are you kidding me? You have no idea the pain and insanity that this thing has been through and was a 15% dip in mining hash rate a 50% dip it just it could not seem it just it just all, all I can think is when somebody gives me that argument all I, all I can think and know is that they are either painfully blind to the history and you know probably knew you know they've probably been in the series a since they got into bitcoin which I'm, I'm not knocking anybody for that, obviously. Like, you know, the vast majority of people got into the Series A, into the third reward era. What I'm knocking here is to go in at that point and then think that you know how it's going to die. It's that tendency to be like, oh, I just found Bitcoin, I'm going to fix it. Or, you know, I've been here for two years and I know why the, the third having is the different one. No. No, it's not. And three weeks, what is it, three weeks ago now? Two weeks ago? May 11th? Yeah, so like two weeks ago, like almost nothing is, is like the most, like outside of the fact that it was like really exciting and we had a lot of media and like buzz and I got drunk and it was a good time. Like it was basically a non-event. Um, I think we had some fluctuation in the hash power and it's kind of like, like, I think there's going to be another, uh, difficulty, uh, reward, uh, excuse me, uh, a drop in the difficulty towards this next retarget because, uh, the previous one happened right in the middle. Um, the having did, I mean, uh, happened right in the middle and that'll probably be it. Like, so after, <laughs> uh, 
months and months and months of uh, just increasing difficulty. We have two down targets, and that'll basically be the end of it. Like, we've been through this before. This is, this is basic, basic how Bitcoin works. And the actual ecosystem, the actual industry and the companies around it and, and the, the technology that's expanding and turning into amazing entrepreneurial opportunities is, could not be healthier. Like, like could just never has it been <laughs> healthier. And we have, uh, I love he talks about the layer one and the idea of, um, and I think this is going to happen. I think we're seeing this happen with um, uh, Upstream Data and the other company, which I can never remember the name of. Um, but a number of companies now, are, they're realizing the potential of um, mining companies, ASIC companies, and energy production companies literally merging into one. That that could be the energy production, the, the energy industries true migration into the technology era into the digital era will be in the 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 securing and mining of an asset that can capture billions and billions of dollars of wasted energy um potentially the amount the equal to the amount that we use saved from being wasted like that is incredible that is that is one of the like just one of the profound impacts that Bitcoin could have, and I think this is going to be another major play. Even though it doesn't really hit on that specifically in in the terms of the uh, the energy as like an incentive um, outside of just mentioning the layer one mining, but but I think he's talking about the whole idea of the integration and achieving a full stack of the industry and the electricity production actual energy production is going to be such a massive part of that like and series b is going to be this is just going to be an insane era i think um this this epoch or epic however you want to however you want to say it is not going to be one to miss like like if you've if you've not made your stake at this point now is the time to do it um, and of course, do it with swampbitcoin.com <laughs> slash guy. Um, uh, with that, we'll go ahead and close this out. Um, don't forget to share this out with everybody you know. Um, and, you know, if you want to support the show, obviously you can go to swampbitcoin.com slash guy. And if you haven't set up your, uh, your swan savings plan, if you do that, they will know that I sent you and it will also pay me $5 in sats. So that's actually a really cool way to support the show and obviously get your own uh, recurring purchase uh, setup done and, you know, set it and forget it kind of thing. But you can also tip, donate, become a patron on patreon.com and let me know. Let me know if you do that because you can join the Crypto Economy crew, the the Bitcoin Audible uh, dudes. I don't. I don't even know what we're calling it now. We the name has been in flux, but we'll just call it the Crypto Economy Crew since we've been doing that for a while. Uh, but we have a Telegram group with uh, a whole bunch of us, everybody who's been supporting the show, and it is an unbelievable resource. Uh, it's it's such a fun thing to have uh, to be able to just shoot the shit with all the guys and 
talk about articles and talk about Bitcoin and ask questions. It's, it's an amazing resource. So if anybody wants to jump in there and just, you know, get all existential or, you know, talk about some apps and stuff that they're using, that's definitely the place to do it. And as little as a dollar a month on Patreon or just shooting me a little tip to help keep this thing alive, to help keep the Bitcoin Audible project producing as much audio as possible. Just send me a DM on Twitter and let me know and I'll add you to the group. And lastly, if obviously that's, you know, not everybody can financially contribute and I want you to get your savings and stack your Bitcoin before you need to support this show, um, you know, get your own crap in order uh, and then worry about supporting Bitcoin Audible. Uh, so if that is difficult or a stretch, the easiest way that you can support this show is share it out. Subscribe and share it with everyone else that you know in the Bitcoin space because there are still a ton of people who do not know about this show and I know there are a lot of them out there that would love to know that this exists and get a lot of value out of it. They want to read all of these articles. They want to read Shelling Out and they just haven't had the time. You know, They couldn't sit down and do it. They want to read 21 Lessons. They want to read Bitcoin as a Startup by Hass McCook, which we now have in audio. Uh, so let them know that this show exists, and that is a wonderful way to help keep this thing alive. And of course, thank you to Swan Bitcoin for sponsoring the show, which is an amazing contribution to the project as well. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, take it easy, everybody. Mm-hmm.